0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, Flames fans, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto. If you don't know, I am a uh, jack of all trades. I do PR for the Metropolitan Riveters on top of covering the NHL and, of course, your Calgary Flames. So, Let's jump right into today's episode as the Flames have officially wrapped up their East Coast Travel Weekend. You're Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Well, well, well. The Calgary Flames have surprised us all in their start to the season. I, <laughs> you know, I, I have to laugh at myself because I completely underestimated this team. And I don't think it's incredibly wrong to think. The way that I, a lot of us did heading into the season. Uh, but my God, thank goodness Brad Tree Living traded that third round pick for Dan Vladar. Things are paying off with goaltending. Offense is strong. The team is playing good hockey. They're playing 60 minutes. And a stat I heard today uh, <laughs> was that they have played more Eastern teams than anyone else in the West and they are 11-1 and 2 and that's like the best record in the league against eastern teams and they haven't won any games against western teams which is so weird to me because i feel like that they have <laughs> but then again i could be incredibly wrong so 13 of their 19 road games, yes, Johnny Gaudreau of Matthew Kachuk, have been uh, road games, which is, again, a crazy schedule, and to think that (laughs) they've only played six home games this season is wild, Uh, and I just think that this feeds into the whole, you know, they're really good on the road, but can they be a... Uh, you know, a good hockey team at home. And something else I just want to notice or point out is that Johnny Gaudreau, congratulations on being the NHL's first star of the week. And he is actually the league leader in road points. So round of applause. We are so very lucky to have you on our team. Not that you listen to this podcast by any means, but all right, let's get back to business. The Islanders got absolutely demolished in their homecoming. It was their first game at their new arena, their new barn, and I would have asked for a refund if I was an Islanders fan because holy smokes, it was just an absolute crapshoot. Manjipani had two goals, Johnny had one, and they were like the best Two players out there. I believe Oliver Shillington's uh, point streak came to an end that night, but that doesn't even matter because the Flames played stupid good hockey. <laughs> and I just I think that moving Manjupani to the top six where he should have been is working. Things are clicking, and the fact that they were able to score five goals. Uh, is pretty impressive. And I believe the stat is the Islanders are 1-27 in 27 on their last 28 power plays or like the power plays on the season or something like that. Uh, I didn't write it down because I heard it on the radio and that Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, you know, they're playing against teams that are really good and struggling. So I think that it's even more important to emphasize how great these wins are these big wins against you know the typical playoff contenders I mean the Islanders have nearly made it to the Stanley Cup final what the last two years in in a row and it's just absolutely brutal and <laughs> I I don't want to laugh because laughing isn't nice laughing at other people is mean but when you, Go into the season expected to be a mediocre hockey team, and you come out dominating teams that were expected to be, you know, super dominant, top of their division, and potentially the conference. It's it tastes really good that I hope that everybody's eating crow right now. And I guess I tweeted that expression last night, and people were like, Wait, what does that mean? It's just like. Like eating your own words, I guess. Uh, I guess crow like actually does taste really bad. I, I I don't know. I've never had it. I usually just eat turkey and chicken uh, for birds. But the flames just burned the new UBS arena down. To be honest, I thought it was called USB Arena. Apparently, it's UBS. Whatever. Who cares? And then they moved on to Boston, which we will talk about next because I have some thoughts, some great thoughts that I think you will all love to hear. But first, let's talk about DirecTV. Are you someone who is guilty of having multiple devices going at the same time, or for different things. Like, I know for me, I have my phone for my true crime content. I have my computer to stream my Sopranos. I have my TV in the living room so I can watch other streaming services, but DirecTV is going to fix all of this for me because it, they they are going to put everything in one place for you, wrap a pretty little bow on it, and say, here you go. So, Head on over to directtv.com today and learn more about Direct TV Stream. They are uh, fantastic for <laughs> organizing all of, everything you need all in one place. So you're not reaching for your phone for your sports, kids' tablet for this, your laptop for that, your desktop for the other thing, and forgetting logins. And having to have that awkward conversation of, hey, what's your password again? Because DirectTV has it all in one place, and they are here to give it to you for uh, with no contract and for a low pl- price, and all you need is a compatible device. So head on over to directtv.com today to learn more about Direct TV stream.
0: Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, where we can keep this conversation going, at Jess Belmosto. Okay, so many of you are probably like, why is she so excited to talk about this game? Like, who, who cares? But if you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> which I hope you do, at Jess Belmosto, it's on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> I was at this game and if you i am from boston born and raised moved to upstate new york uh 2 years ago and it's you know it, going to hockey games is a little different now um and i hadn't been to the garden in 705 days but my boyfriend is a sweetheart and he bought us tickets to last night's game back when tickets went on sale and he was like you know i know you cover the flames and i know you're a really big bruins fan and i i want i want us to go together so we went one of us had more fun than the other um <laughs> i think that's the last time he's ever going to take me to a bruins and flames game because um yeah uh, i will never be wearing an opposing team's shirt <laughs> to TD Garden ever again. Um, word to the wise, don't try to chirp people, especially me, when your team hasn't scored a single goal. Couldn't score a single goal. Alright? Alright. <laughs> so, I went down to the ice for warm-ups. Manjipani saw my shirt. If you see on Twitter, I was wearing the shirt that he drew and that Chris filled in and designed. And the team just honestly looked like they were having a blast um like it i mean honestly there was a great playlist going so i was probably feeling those vibes too but they were having a great time stretching shooting and warming up and they were talking to each other giving pucks to fans i was literally the only one on that side with a calgary shirt on there were a bunch of bruins fans lined up and they got a puck and i didn't but it's fine because i'm supposed to remain unbiased Because I cover this team. But (laughs) anyway, I was worried about this game because, you know, the Bruins are the Bruins. The big bad Bruins. And I, obviously, I still watch them. I still love them. Still my team. But I truthfully have to laugh at myself for being worried about this game. Because... The Bruins aren't the team that they once were. They have done a lot of retooling in this last two years. You know, they've lost Chara. They lost Tori Krug. Their blue line is entirely different. Goaltending is entirely different. Uh, Tuka Rask is still technically a free agent, but he's rehabbing his torn labrum. I believe it's a labrum. Um, yes, that sounds right um, oh no it was a hip flexor hip flexor I, I believe sorry and they have uh linus allmark who they got from buffalo and jeremy swayman who didn't really have a lot of time to develop in the farm system so or i guess sorry the ahl he was fantastic at the university of maine and Obviously, he's still doing well now. I mean, last night was the first time he faced 29 shots, like over 29 shots. So stopping four, I guess, isn't bad. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, see a little bit of a silver lining. But the Flames looked so good, you guys. And I'm not just saying this because, like, I, I talk about the Flames for a living, but the, they outplayed the Bruins in every single aspect even that fourth line that gets like nothing done looked so good out there against the Bruins fourth line and I was shocked truly shocked <laughs> uh, one of my favorite parts of the night was when <laughs> uh Nick Felino just like decided to like hold I think No, 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 no. I'm lying. It was Bergeron and Lucic. They were, like, down in the corner. I was sitting on the side where the Flames were shooting twice. So, I believe this was the third. This had to have been early in the third period on Bruins' power play. And Lucic and Bergeron just, like, ran into each other. And all I could think about was how, like, they used to be teammates. And I was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And, uh, I don't know I I enjoyed watching the flames and I was watching them with a critical eye like I had people next to me saying why are you here like are you from Calgary and I was like no like I just I cover the team like I I truthfully don't know what I'm doing I'm having fun okay (laughs) and uh you know I just think that Gaudreau lighting the lamp was <laughs> absolutely fantastic i know his uncle jim was there his dad i saw his dad okay so i went down for warm-ups and then i was walking over to my section and i i had to go to the bathroom okay so i was like booking it so i could make it there for the anthems and you know be in my seat and like not interrupt anyone and all of a sudden <laughs> i see johnny's dad and i'm like i i'm like i don't want to be like hey mr Gaudreau, because he's in line for the bathroom. So. I just keep, I'm hustling, I'm running back to my seat, and I was like, Bradley, guess who I just saw? And he's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, Mr. Gaudreau, and he's like, you saw Johnny? No, just saw his dad. But anyways, um, Noah Hannafin, I, I always forget that Noah Hannafin is from the suburbs of Boston, and then... I saw a ton of Mon- um not Monaghan, sorry. I did see a ton of Monahan jerseys last night, which was kind of surprising. But I saw a ton of Hannafin jerseys. And I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Local connection. And so I thought it was really cool to have Gaudreau and no- uh, Noah Hannafin score the first two goals of the night. Um, both Boston College alum, things like that. You know, it, it was pretty cool. And then... Like I said, I was sitting on the side where the Flames shot twice, which was fun because obviously, like, yes, I got to see them shoot the puck more, but it was easier for me to sit there and analyze them, and I I get distracted if I look too far, (laughs) so seeing them kind of like right in front of me was great, and I just have to say that the forwards are playing a strong defensive game. Everyone was playing really well like there's no reason for me to sit here and criticize anything the only thing I will criticize is I I think and Anderson played well I think that he did but I think there were definitely a few moments where he got tripped up and a a little clownish if I have to be honest but again okay sorry big yawn it's nine o'clock at night I've been traveling all day but Sean Monaghan looked fine. He, he was wearing an A. Looked good. Um, like I said, there were a ton of Monaghan jerseys. And I was very surprised. Because. Nothing. Like literally. This isn't any shade or anything towards Monaghan. But he wouldn't be. Like a player I would suspect. Like maybe p- people get a jersey of. Unless you're like a truly a-, a fan of this team. The Bruins most definitely should have. Ben called for more holding penalties felino nick felino like had like his hook around i I forget who it was but i just like was watching this it was down in the corner i think the first period and i was like what is going on here but like i mentioned manji played a very good very good isn't even like that's underselling it he played a phenomenal defensive game and i thought that he looked great i was really obsessed with his front of the net presence and then Um, I believe it was Blake Coleman. I want to say it was Blake Coleman. They both had really good front of the net presence. And I am very proud of uh, Dan Vladar because this was his uh, return to his former team. And I'm pretty sure the only one of the only times he played for this team was during the bubble. And his NHL debut was when... Um the oh, it wasn't the stars. Who did they play? I think it was the Islanders, dumped all over them. So Halak got pulled and <laughs> and then Vladar went in and I think it was six nothing and I think it ended up being like an eight nothing game. But you know, it was just like I was like, are they gonna do a tribute video? And that's gonna be <laughs> just what it is. Like I but anyways, uh Marky looked so happy to see him get this shot out. I could not express how happy everyone on that team looked. I wish I had like a good camera in those post-game pictures that they posted, beautiful. Every really captured everyone <laughs> and just it was a good game, you guys. They are playing as a team and a team that is on the same page on the same line of the same book, which it, I have been preaching about that since day one. Of hosting this podcast and watching this team be all over the place. So my wishes have been answered and we'll have to see if this is sustainable hockey and you know can they play can they play like this at home? This team is an anomaly and they struggle at home which makes exactly zero sense to me, but we will have to see what lies ahead for this team. And before we wrap up this show, I would just like to take a moment to uh, shout out Built Bar. You guys know that I love my Built Bars. They are a delicious protein bar that gets me through my longest days. I will be having one for breakfast tomorrow, but I will be making it into a protein shake so I can just have it on the go and be ready to tackle my day. They are 15 percent off at built.com order uh you know a variety pack or your favorite flavors personally been a big fan of the cookie dough crunch so head on over to built.com today and use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent
0: off of your next purchase Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Locked On Flames continues. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your shows. All right. So the Flames play two games this week because it is... uh, American Thanksgiving, and they play Chicago on Tuesday. Uh, then they're off until Saturday, and they play Winnipeg. I am a bit interested to see how they'll do against Chicago because they have bounced back a bit since they fired their coach, and I know that <sighs> I know that they have been playing well and. I just I have a lot of thoughts on this organization, and if you listen to my podcast uh, previous episodes, you will know how I feel about this organization. But uh, Debrinket has eleven goals, and he's leading the team significantly. Like I was, I was trying to like see who led the team, and it was like zero, zero, one four and then it was like 11 and then just like a bunch of like single digits and I was like oh like low single digits i was like oh okay well Debrinkit it it is so you know uh he's, he's definitely a player you're gonna have to watch out for and you know we'll preview this a little bit more tomorrow obviously but I actually like Debrinkit because <sighs> when they were when the team was asked about the Kyle Beach investigation and what the organization should do should have done and you know how they're going to move forward he was truly the only one that gave like a truthful answer and was like i feel awful that this happened and whatnot and he wasn't even on the team he wasn't in the system i think he was like still in high school so you know i i hope that he he does well but not too well (laughs) and I hope that they make Seth Jones, Seth Jones look absolutely ridiculous out there, and I hope they make Marc-Andre Fleury reconsider retirement. Amen. So, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Locked on Flames. So happy to see this team doing well and bounce back from their little dip and playing normal hockey <laughs> so I will see you all tomorrow make sure you are subscribed to locked on flames on YouTube and make sure that you are not uh missing out on your favorite audio platform whether that be Spotify Audible Apple Podcast Stitcher wherever that may be and like I said I'm Jess Belmosto and I will catch you tomorrow for uh, a preview of the Chicago matchup